0: Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher.
1: Yesterday in chapter 5 and then chapter 6 of Hebrews, we were talking about what it means to fall away from our faith. And you said it's a very, very deliberate turning and refuting our faith. And uh, we're carrying on in that vein, really, because the writer carries on in uh, warning against falling away.
0: In verse 7 of chapter 6, land that drinks in the rain often falling on it and that produces a crop useful for those for whom it is farmed receives the blessing of God. But land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and and is in danger of being cursed. In the end it will be burned. Well, that's a reflection of what Jesus said, isn't it? that every branch of the vine is to bear fruit, branchless uh, sorry, fruitless branches are pruned, piled up and burned. What does he mean by that? Well, I think it's better not to find out, don't you? I think it's much better to be a fruitful branch of the vine uh, where you're allowing God to prune you and to cut out of your life the fruitless things, where you're devoted to Jesus and you're surrendered to his will and purpose for your life so that you can bear much fruit for the Father's glory and for the good of his kingdom. And you have the assurance of a rich reward in heaven because you're like the land that is producing good fruit. Remember the parable of the sower. The good soil produces a harvest 30 times, 60 times, 100 times, that which was sown. Very different from the lives of those who produce thorns and thistles. And, uh, you know, just it's all very negative and destructive, isn't it? Then in verse 9, we read, Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are confident of better things in your case, things that accompany salvation. So you see, he sees those to whom he's writing as those who very much are living in the saving power of God, they have not fallen away. They have not um, denied Jesus. Uh, They have not taken any easy option, but they are steadfastly maintaining their faith, even in the face of opposition and persecution. Verse 10... God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Now, I think these are important verses because, you see, he's going a step further And the writer is saying it's not just a matter of personal survival, but it's a matter of continuing to do the work of the gospel. It's a a question of continuing to promote God's kingdom here on earth uh, by being diligent, by not being lazy but working for the kingdom, by sharing your hope with others, by reaching out with faith. Uh, and love into the lives of other people. So, you know, it's not just a question of, well, duck and hide and hope you can survive. It's a question of, well, you go on uh, living the life that God has called us to live. Uh, And, uh, you know, all the time there is this sense, God knows your situation, God knows your circumstances, and God is certainly not only going to bring you through, but he will reward you for your diligence, your perseverance, and your faithfulness.
1: Interesting language. He wants us to uh, show the same diligence to the very end in order to make our hope sure. What does that mean?
0: Well, your hope, of course, relates to what is promised in the future. And our, an important part of our hope is that we will go to be with the Lord forever in his glory and will rule and reign with him. And um, you are making your hope sure by walking in faithfulness, uh, by living out your your, your life in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ, that you're working out your salvation with fear and trembling. You're not falling away. You're not coming in danger of falling away. You're not, um, uh, you're not sacrificing um, the really all the benefits and all the wonderful promises that God gives you as a believer uh, simply out of compromise or uh, out of selfishness Self-indulgence. Um, no, he—he's—you—you you, you know, Jesus does promise that each is going to be rewarded according to what he has done. Now, that doesn't mean that salvation is a reward of our works, but the—the the place, the position, the inheritance that we have in heaven is going to be determined on how faithful we have been to the Lord. Um, not everybody is the same in heaven. You've only got to read the book of Revelation to see that there are various. There are various people and various. Uh, position. Jesus speaks about the greatest in the kingdom and the least in the kingdom. So, you know, uh, God wants us to be great. He really does want us to have the greatest possible inheritance and therefore to give ourselves as fully as possible.
1: One of the things that we set out to do at the beginning of this series on Hebrews was to contemporize this book, Colin. So for people listening to you today, they might think, well, okay, I, I don't want to give up. I don't want to fall away. But what is what is God actually requiring of me? I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a teacher. What is God looking for?
0: Well, every one of us is a witness. All of us are called to love. All of us are called to trust God. And all of us have been given the anointing of the Holy One, the anointing from the Holy Spirit. So that we're able to reach out to others with the life, the love, and the power of Jesus Christ. So as his witnesses, we can... Uh, share His life, impart His life, His blessings, His power, His healing, His grace, His mercy to other people. The Holy Spirit lives in you, so God lives in you to work through you to reach others with His love and with His grace. So every one of us really is a worker. There are no spectators in God's kingdom. Uh, You know, sometimes when I've been speaking... Um, at a, a public meeting, I'll, I'll, I'll say, please stand up, uh, all the church workers, you see. And usually, you know, a few people around here stand up. And everybody thinks, well, that's the pastor and the pastor's assistant and the youth pastor and, and you know, this leader and that leader. But of course, really everybody present should stand up because we're all church workers, We're all called to work. I I often say to people, God hasn't saved you to go to heaven. He's saved you to work, to do the work of the kingdom here on earth, and then you can enjoy all the benefits of his glory.
1: Verse 12 of chapter 6 encourages us not to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. And it's this inheritance that uh, the writer goes on to talk about now.
0: Yes, and uh, the faith we've talked about, living in that rest of faith, Uh, Sometimes the more difficult part is the patience. (laughs) Um, Abraham inherited the promises of God by faith with patience, as we shall see later on in this epistle. Um, And uh, it isn't for us to dictate to God how he should work and what he should do. I mean, that's putting the emphasis in in completely the wrong place. Uh, He is the Lord. And it's his will, his plan, his purpose that is to be outworked in our lives. So the more we are surrendered to him, the more he can work out his plan and his purpose in our lives. And that's the right kind of emphasis, you know. Um, in, In my own prayer time, for example, I would probably spend three or four times as much time listening to God as speaking to him. The greater part of my t- time is spent in hearing what God is speaking to me through his word, by his spirit. Because somehow, to me, that seems more important. It's much more important than I hear from God. Of course, he also needs to hear from me because if I'm a person of faith, I will ask and seek and find, and I will receive and and find and will enter into the things that God has for me. So, um, you know, it's important to speak, but I fear that prayer for a lot of people is speaking with very little listening, and somehow that that doesn't uh, stand too well. It doesn't. It doesn't speak to me of having the right emphasis. So
1: God is always speaking to us, but we don't. Well, you've only got to open otherwise. your Bible.
0: You see, I, people say to me, uh, "Oh, I, I I can't hear the voice of God." So I say, "Haven't you got a Bible? All you got to do is open your Bible, and you'll hear the voice of God." And the important thing is is to believe what he says. I mean, why should God say anything else to you if you don't believe what he's already said through his word? <laughs> it's very simple, isn't it, really? Anyway, verse 13, when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater than him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. See, he, he actually demonstrated the faith with patience men swear by someone greater than themselves and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument because wanted to, because god wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised he confirmed it with an oath god did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for god to lie we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who was before us, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now, doesn't that sound involved? So I'm not going to try to explain all that today. We'll begin uh, um, on Monday uh, by doing that. But let me just say this. God has given us hope. Hope is so important. You know, Paul says these three things abide, faith, hope, and love. Uh, And we talk a lot about faith in the modern church and quite a lot about love, but hope does not get the same kind of emphasis. Yet you see the desperate thing for so many people is that they are people without hope. And what God calls us as the Christian community to be is a people of hope who are able to give hope to others. When Jesus came, in, his, in the crowds that listened to him were the prostitutes, the outcasts, the sick, the desperate, the poor, and the needy. Why? Because Jesus gave them hope. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com.